record. Woo! The right. recording. We're here. We're back. We're back. I oh, said man. it. We should, neither one of us should be saying it, but we're here. But we always are back, right? I guess that's true. Like we were gone, we're back. And we've been good. We've been good lately. I mean, we got through that tough patch of summer with like, you know, somebody mm-hmm. had to get married. and then- Well... <laughs> Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, it was fun. Molly got married, y'all. Oh, we didn't Yay. introduce ourselves. This is Black Chicklet. Okay, you knew yes, that. Yes, this is Black Chicklet. You knew. You, yeah. That's why you're here. <laughs> Molly got married, y'all, and it was very pretty. And Daniel was one of my bridesmaids. She looked very beautiful. Oh, thank you. I tried to pick cute dresses for you guys. You did a good like, job. Everybody was impressed. Everybody I showed the photos was like, those are cute bridesmaids dresses. They so everybody was really cute. impressed. I didn't I didn't want anyone, you know, like some people like, mm, I pick an ugly dress. It's like <laughs> you want know, everyone to be beautiful at my wedding. Yes. And you were very pretty. Very Thank beautiful. You. Thank you. So um I said I was gonna cry during the ceremony. I actually didn't cry until the reception when Molly uh-huh. dad or father her daughter dad dance whatever the father daughter dance uh-huh that's when i started crying i was like oh there it goes i started so. crying i think during the rehearsal dinner the night before did you really i can't why can't i oh yeah i don't know if yeah. i was if i was like near you i couldn't see you during the actual ceremony either i had like one little like manly <laughs> tear <laughs> fall from my eye so that's the one thing with being in the wedding was that um like you couldn't oh, see people's yeah. faces well okay but i when i walked down i saw frank you know he he had a manly tear in his eye and Aww. i was like okay okay all right i got down there we were holding hands i was like don't look at frank don't look at frank so i look like just a little bit to his left and i see his um i almost said man of honor <laughs> Let's go ahead and call him his man of his honor. His man of honor, who, you know, was very tall. Yes. Um, so I saw him and his eyes were just like completely red. And I was like, okay, all right, keep it together. Don't look at him either. <laughs> and then I was like, just look, just look out at the audience. And I like turn a little bit more to the left. And I don't know if you saw Frank's niece, one of the flower girls, just bawling throughout the whole ceremony. I'm like, she's crying too. And she's like she was crying so hard. And she's like a very stoic, like just very even killed child. But she had somewhere she got that cloth napkin and she was just like <laughs> bawling into it the whole time. I was like, well, the, a bitch is just going to cry then because there's nowhere I can look where people are not crying at this point. This, when, like, the small child is, like, crying happy tears, it's a weird... It was just funny. I was like, isn't she a little young? But it was it was really cute. She was, you saw her, right? She was... She bought, was crying. Frank, Frank was, like, uh, niece's name. <laughs> he was like, uh, she was crying? Really? He's like, no, she must not have been crying. But she was bawling. Yeah. So I just thought that was funny because I've never seen, like, a child cry at a wedding. Like, that's that's a cliche for old people. You cry right. at weddings. I've never seen right. a child. Children are usually bored during weddings. Right. Oh, so. and then um, Frank's little nephew. Yes. Um, uh, what is it called? Uh, heckling his father. That was pretty funny. To be fair, though, it was not his fault. It, it was not. Um, the mics are going out. And um, Frank's brother-in-law came up and did a, a speech 
And the mic went out and his son, his like five-year-old was sitting in the front row and he was like, we can't hear you. And that should have been a hit to that grown man whose job it was, was to provide acoustics for this event. Oh my God. It was just, they, it was perfect the whole night. Yeah. It they really was. They stole the show. Uh, I was uh-huh. showing people pictures I had that from that uh, album you put together. Uh-huh. And like, so Molly at no point trusted children with her rings because no. <laughs> I guess that's just a wise decision. So she dressed them up like little, I guess they got props instead. And you dressed them up like little security guards and they had little briefcases and glasses. And it was the cutest thing. Yeah, they were a ring security. Yeah. It was and I think adorable. my maid of honor, she was like, at what point did the kids ha- hand over the rings to, to the maid of honor and the, the uh, best man? I was like, at no point will the well, children the- ever have the rings. <laughs> and so what we did with the little, they were little pencil boxes that looked like uh, briefcases, um, yeah. briefcases. Shout out to my mom. Cause they're like, how do we do this? Uh, you know, the, the forever teacher. So she yeah. was like, oh, get this. And she's like, oh, it has a little lock. So she's like, fill it up with candy and toys and tell them if they get to the end of the aisle, they can have the key to open it. That's adorable. Like the whole concept was adorable. So, yeah, I love that was my favorite line from the whole rehearsal dinner was you telling at no point will the children, <laughs> no point have, will the the children have their rings. <laughs> I mean, I just I couldn't do it. Did you see that's the newest Mayhem commercial? I do believe. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm a four-year-old ring bearer who will eat anything but broccoli. So, but yeah, that would have been Molly. But yeah, it was a fun event. I got to go to L.A. again. I made it home mostly without hectic. One lady did threaten to steal a golf cart at the airport. Oh, no. She, like, got in the cart. She was going to drive away. But, oh, uh, no. They, they you didn't tell me about this. You liked the tweet where I was like... <laughs> Did I? I have been like fighting a cold. Okay. Like I took off the other day because I was like, I'm going to die from this illness that's been like latent. So I have been on Twitter, like, but not aware of it. <laughs> yeah. So there was a delay and a gate change when I made it to Houston. And so people mm-hmm. were pissed because the lady at the gate that we were supposed to leave from didn't know about the gate change either. So she's like, I don't know what all y'all are doing here. And this lady was already running late and she was so mad. She got in the cart. She like told her daughter to sit down too. She was going to drive away. They sort of like shoot her away. And I was like, you know what? For all my melodramatics, I've never once threatened to steal. Um, I mean, that's some Cat Williams level. You know what I mean? I mean, but I can relate. I mean, I might be mad, but think of what, what the blogs will say. I know. So... I can relate though, but yeah, I made it home the same day I left. So that was an improvement. Um, so, but yeah, it was fun. I was thinking I went all the way out there and I did not go to the ripped bodice, but so that means I'm gonna have to come out for another trip. Oh yeah, you will. And a book, now a book related trip. Yeah. Cause I was like, we need promo photos and I can't, I'm not self-centered enough to be like, Hey Molly, can you take time out of your wedding weekend? I would have done it. My hair was looking good. <laughs> Like, hey, wedding weekend to take some book photos. Hey, yeah. someone just asked us for some promo photos. I'm going to send that that one of the two of us at the rehearsal dinner. I'm going to fuck. We have the rehearsal dinner ones and the um, bachelorette party ones. So we've got we've got those are the only photos we need. Like, we I'm need, not yeah. I'm not hijacking Molly's weekend to get some photos. So. We need some photos. <laughs> um, I did take a I took that photo of your mom putting your veil on. That was sweet. I was making a monster face in that, though. I tried to get you smiling. There's one where you're smiling, but then I think her arms... Look, I didn't have real equipment. If I had had that man's camera... No, I wasn't smiling the whole time, because... Okay, so I might have a little bit of weave in. 
and I trying you said to get weed. I might have had a little bit of weed. I was like, you want to admit that right here on this recording? No, alas, no. Weave, but a little with bit a of weave. Yes, with a V. Um, extensions for our non-black listeners, <laughs> and so just trying to shove the veil into the braid was causing me more than a little bit of distress. But you got it, and you look great. I mean, it stayed on. That's all that matters. I came out there, I was like, that was the one thing I was like, um, my dress is going to be very simple, but I want an extremely dramatic <laughs> veil. veil. I kind of went, what, was it Megan who had one that went like all the way to the ground? Like, Oh, yeah, yeah. That was gorgeous. It's our favorite scammer. Uh, <laughs> he ruined her for me. I now mean, I it's really- not a bad thing. Now she scammed her way to the top. Now every time I see her, I have like this internal monologue where I can picture what she's saying. She's like, hold his hand. Hold his hand and maybe you'll get... Maybe no, you'll get I think she's saying hold his hand and let these bitches be mad. Like not... I mean, I'm sure she loves him. I'm sure she does. I'm sure she does. Like, Get me a what prince. Is it? I'll love him too. Am I six? Don't come for me. But like, <laughs> you know, I am absolutely 100% sure she's like, mm... You know, uh, let me hold his hand. Let me do this very simple makeup look to show that I am gorgeous and whoever the aunt is who's like, you know, super racist mm-hmm. looks like a burnt piece of toast. Like, <laughs> I love it. So. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's been a wedding summer. Yeah. yeah. And now it's over and I'm going to stay my ass right in this city for the next <laughs> six months. I'm going to stay I'm my not, ass in this AC. I'm not flying anywhere. And I also noticed that I only have issues when I'm trying to come back to this hell city. It's like some kind of night veil level thing. Like, nope. <laughs> like it doesn't exist. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So, okay. So, we read a book. We did. We sure We sure did. Between, but do we want to do news oh, yes, first? We do. We have some news to talk about first. I we forgot. solicited so much news. We did. <laughs> so, um, I also asked on Twitter about news, and I think we got one... Pr- the one that comes from the top of my head, I am Tammy. I, I forgot. Her I name. am Tammy J. Yeah, she wanted to talk about book clubs. And I don't have a lot of experience with book clubs. I've been in one book club either. in my life. Well, I guess that I can remember. And I read maybe two of the books. And then I just went <laughs> for the food. But I like the idea of book clubs. I think what we do is sort of a book it's club. It's similar to a book club. Yeah. yeah. We read and we, and just like most of the members are silent or <laughs> cannot participate in the discussion. So. Uh, yeah, I've never, I've never been a part of a book club. I just like the appeal. And then I think, because the independent bookstore in St. Louis will do, like, they have a whole bunch of book clubs for a whole bunch of different, like, topics. There's, like, uh-huh. an activism book club. There's an African-American book club. There's an LGBTQ book club. There's all these book clubs, a sci-fi book club. And I'm always like, ooh, I should go. And then I don't. So Yeah. I, I like- see myself one day in the future living that desperate housewives life. And just, like, walking up the street, like, wine drunk at, like, you know, 4 p.m. on a Sunday. Talking about some literature. Going to the book club, so. So I guess the answer is we aspire to be book we club aspire. type of people. Absolutely. We're just not. But um, we also found real news. And so, oh, but there was, I want to know what a reverse harem is. Oh, a reverse harem is the opposite of a harem where it's, like, so a harem in anime is like one guy with a whole bunch of girls for some reason like maybe he's like the only male student at an all-girls school Uh so a reverse harem is one girl and a whole bunch of guys i see so like maybe i guess i'm trying to think of an example wasn't i 
No, because she was pretending to be a guy. I was she's a, she's the man. I was gonna say that was one because she lived in like a frat house, but she was pretending to be a man, so that wouldn't really count. But it's sort of like the reverse, where it's one woman with like all these dude guys. I see. Keep your mind out of the gutter, but yes. <laughs> I mean, that's like what? How can you keep your mind out of? The... <sighs> <laughs> because I mean, it usually has a lot of innuendo. Well, yeah, yeah. Innuendo is always fun. Yeah, that's true. So. Uh, there was one other, because I know, because it was a book that I had read. Someone said that they wanted us to talk about um, The Color of Water. Oh, yes. <laughs> and by, that is a book that I've read, yes. so By Ed I mean, Marlene Joe. <laughs> I have not even heard of it. Is it good? Would you recommend it? Yeah, I read it in high school. Um, I liked it. It's about a mixed guy. <laughs> I recommend it. <laughs> Little mini episode right there. Boom. I don't know why I just like thumbs up the microphone. I was always thinking we should be doing this in video. I listen to other podcasts where they do it via video. We definitely think... should not be doing this in video. <laughs> well, I'm only saying I shouldn't because I'm in a dark corner and you would not be able to see anything. But I think maybe because then they can use body language. And instead where we have these awkward silences where we wait for the other to speak, <laughs> we would know because we can see each other. But that's mm. okay. Mm. Hmm. Then yeah. I'd have to put a bra on. Yeah, you know, I would have to do my hair. So, right, my hair's like half done right now. So my cat's like passed out behind me. So we'll deal with she that in the future. Me. You know, one day we'll get cute and do a video. But <laughs> one day we'll get cute. That's another mug quote. I love that. Um, <laughs> but then we also found some real news. Molly was a little investigator and found a whole bunch of news stories. Yes. And, and I found one just because I thought it was funny. Um, the first one is our favorite Twitterer. That's not a word. I guess our favorite Twitter account. What did you say, account. Twitterer? Twitterer, like a person who tweets. Tweeter? Tweeter? Our favorite author, we'll just say that. Our I like favorite, Twitter. Our favorite black historical romance author on Twitter, because I have a whole bunch of them and I don't want to play favorites. Beverly Jenkins is a sponsorship named after her by Avon. Yes. So Avon Books has worked with the Romance Writers of America to create a sponsorship and they will pay for an individual author to go to the conference, I believe, for the, um, they have their annual conference every year, as well as mm-hmm. a one-on-one meeting with a member of the Avon Books editorial team. That so, sounds very cool. Yeah. I know romance has been trying lately to like highlight diverse voices and, you know, own voices and all that stuff. So this is a pretty cool pretty cool move and Avon's pretty I think Avon's pretty diverse is One of it? The more, I think I mean I don't have hard numbers but like Alyssa Cole's new series is through them mm. a lot of Beverly Jenkins books I think are through them so they're pretty cool unlike that Harlequin who which just got rid of that imprint right their entire line while at the same time being like hey we're, we're like they did some contest they're doing some writing contest where it's like hey so you think you can write pitch us a story and we'll publish it but what the like, fuck i'd be like, like <laughs> are you gonna are you gonna give me money in my pocket if i was one of their previous authors i'd be like hey uh, why didn't you offer me this opportunity because mm-hmm. apparently they did not pick up a lot of their old authors what that's what i heard on some other podcasts i listened to so and then the other podcast theorized that they're sort of regretting that decision like they realized they sort of made a boo-boo and are trying to backtrack and fix it but yeah i think i think a video game publisher just did something similar i think it was ubisoft i'm not or square inks one of the two if it wasn't please forgive me but they did something it was like oh um 
you know, uh, create some fan art for this and um, we'll put it into the game. And like, so all these artists are getting super pissed. They were like, okay, so you're going to use my art. You want me to spend my time and my energy and my bandwidth basically to create art for your game that you may or may not pick up. Right. And then you're not going to pay me for my effort or if I get into it. It's like, the fuck y'all talking about? I'm not out here doing this shit for free. Right, yeah. Well, I think the only thing to make it worse in that example is if they hired a whole bunch of artists, then let them go, then turn around and did that same content. I mean, they probably did. Because that's what's really this shitty seems... about what Harlequin did. Yeah, to be the, the way of things lately. Yeah, so I don't... It's... <sighs> It's wild, but um, yeah, I'm glad because, I mean, if anyone deserves it, it's her. I think for a long time, Beverly Jenkins was like the name in like black historicals. Mm-hmm. And so now there's more, but uh, and she's also just fun on Twitter. Holla, holla, it's a dollar. That's like her <laughs> favorite. Anytime I see something that costs a dollar now, that runs through my head. You say holla, holla, it's a dollar. I'm at that the Target. amazing. <laughs> I'm at the Target, like, you know, grab and go dollar area. It's just playing in my head. Because she, like, in all of her artists, uh, our author pictures, she looks, like, so, like, dignified. So, like, yes, I am the preeminent historical romance novelist. And then when she's like, holla, holla, it's a dollar. I love it. I love it. Her Twitter's so funny. And then she was she was the one going after people during Cockygate too, which apparently mm-hmm. had something happen. I guess a judge, um, uh-huh. I don't know the right legalese, but threw out or declared void or whatever, uh, said that the trademark should not have been awarded or something. The cocky, like she should not have been awarded that trademark. I don't know the right legalese. Told but. you. <laughs> Called it. Called that one. I went and checked the author's Twitter. She is silent. Like, she was being real, pardon my language, Real cocky. cocky. <laughs> right. She was doing, like, the grabbing popcorn, like, watching all the haters. Blah, blah, blah. And, like, all of a sudden, it is silent. It is dead. There is nothing happening on her Twitter. And it's, like, way to make yourself, like, a person non grata, like, in Romancelandia. Because she was right. just such an asshole about it. Like, if she had filed and had been, like, a whoops and just backtracked, she probably could have recovered. But it's the doubling down. If she had just made some fucking t-shirts <laughs> or some mugs or something and sold those, she would have been fine. But to try to make the money or make the mark by coming after other people, seriously, seriously, go back and listen. Because um, I think, so someone said that they wanted us to talk about Cocky Gate. And I think Cl- I responded saying we, oh, who was it? Cassandra, I think. Yeah, she was like, oh, talk about Cocky Gate. And we did in Whiskey and Ribbons. And yeah. Girl, look it up. I said, they are going to cancel the trademark over this. Because it's just so. Like, and think of the precedent it would set. Apparently some other lady was trying to trademark the word forever. Like it would just be some kind of like mad grab for like every word. I mean, you can try it, but fucking, what is it? Uh, K or Hells or whoever has whatever the, I don't know. It's one of those diamond companies oh, has yeah, forever. Oh yeah, diamond forever. <laughs> They will be knocking on your door. Like, it's like, if you want to, if you want to try it, like, you can try it. But if people feel threatened, like, like this girl with Cocky Gate did, if they feel like they, they own something, part of trademark is that you are kind of required to go after it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you feel like there's really a violation, like, um, so it's like, you know, try it with all their lawyers and all their time and. 
It's just, it's just so insane. Like, I don't even know how, like, is it kind of, is like this law, is trademark the kind of thing where they approve and then wait for the argument or do they like, like, is it just like we approve everything and then if it doesn't no. hold, let the courts handle it or what? No. Uh-uh, Should it no. have never been approved in the first place? No. Um, <laughs> they definitely take into consideration several different things. Um, you know, I, I was surprised when I saw this that, um, that it was granted. Um, just because it's like romance, cocks, <laughs> girl, come on. But I think that I, I honestly think that she probably could have gotten a. Let's say I said like, oh, she could have just made some fucking t-shirts, and no one would have cared or noticed. She probably could have kept that trademark for a long time if she hadn't brought kind of attention to it and started going after people. Yeah. So, and then I also heard this was really funny. So she had that stylized word mark made because I was like, well, if she just uh gets the stylized word mark made, that should be fine. Apparently, she did not have permission from the artist to get it trademarked. That's part of his. (laughs) That's part of his actual license agreement is that you cannot get any of his or fonts trademarked, and so she was in violation of that too. Oh my god! So everything, just all around, it was just a mess. Oh, I love that's my favorite. Like. Since this is a hot mess of a year and there's a lot of scandal going on, that'll be my favorite scandal because I need something to stop. Something. Uh, yes. So, yeah. So, but yes, good news. Beverly Jenkins, she, you know, anti-cocky gate foolishness has her own sponsorship. So we're going to increase these diverse, diverse, ah, diverse voices in romance. and It'll be awesome. Hmm. And people can, you can write your romance novel and use the word cocky all you want and no one will come after you. Yeah. There you go. Write that so. young young adult romance you wanted to write, Molly. <laughs> Wasn't that the one you said like uh, it was in like the "We Love You, Charlie Freeman" episode? You're like, I'm gonna write a young ad- young adult. That sounds like something I would say. <laughs> so, I think you could do it. I believe in you. I believe in me too, and I believe in you. <laughs> oh, thank you. I believe in us. We're gonna do it. We're gonna make things happen. Um. <laughs> Do you want to do the next story? Yes. So Book Riot went through um, Goodreads. They kind of scoured through Goodreads and they got really existential about like, what is the highest rated book on Goodreads? To which they answer, first, there's no easy way to sort books by rating in Goodreads advanced search options. And I, I, I should, I read Book Riot all the time. I should make fun of them. But I just like how they were like, girl, we don't know. So we. It's a really deep article. It's kind of funny. It is. But I just I just got to I scrolled down to the books themselves. And I'd really just love to go through these and see like which ones you have read. Awesome. Um, Because we kind of have a shorter book this week. And I thought that this just might be fun. And listeners listening at home, like, let us know if you have read any of these. Yeah, just tweet us. We'll know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, um, Harry Potter and the Deathly Howls. Have Haven't read, read it. it. <gasps> have, have you read any of the Harry Potters? I so I made multiple attempts in middle school to try and read the Harry Potters. I did not succeed. Have you? I've read all of them. You have? You didn't know this about me? I haven't read the Harry Potter books. Are you okay? I'll get there. I thought you hadn't read them either. I thought we were both. No, like I remember when the very first one came out, my mom read it to like me and my brothers the first chapter mm-hmm. um like at bedtime and i was like so enamored by them i was like oh my god i gotta see what happens to this bitch harry <laughs> and i read a, through like book four or five and i kind of aged out of them and then when the last one came out i went back and read all of them 
yeah. And then recently, Frank and I watched all the movies, like, before they went off HBO, so. Was it part of his make you watch an entire series plan? This, this was, but me forcing him. Okay. Now we moved on to. <laughs> really, that was a thing. Molly just starts in the middle of series, and it was well, just a, a bothersome thing. I mean, okay, if someone comes to me and says, Molly, you want to go to the movies? And I say, yes. And they say, we're going to go see The Matrix 2. I'm not going to be like, well, I haven't seen the first Matrix. You know, I'm just going to go to the movies. I'll get it. I'll figure it out. Oh, I love it. Yeah. No, we're I mean, a... multiple attempts in middle school. Like, it was uh-huh. even an assigned book once. And I still <laughs> got two thirds before setting that thing aside. You're like, nah. I couldn't I do it. Couldn't do it. And then everyone's like, you should read it. And I'm just like, yeah, there are other things I'd rather read first. So I don't know. I might get to it eventually. I don't see it happening soon. Oh, if you get a little, uh, little me-see. Yeah, yeah, I'll probably read other things first. <laughs> like, I just don't see that being a book I go to first. I see. You're breaking my heart. But know. you know what? Everybody has their own thing. Because the second book is The Help, which, <laughs> no. I also have not read The Help. Then um, A Game of Thrones, which I talked about frequently last year. I also have not read A Game of Thrones. I am over over three. It's a good book. I'll check that one. I'd be more, like, I'm more motivated to read that one than I am Harry Potter, to be honest. Oh, really? Why? I don't know. It just seems like there's more to it, and it's not about some kid in school. I'm just, you know me. I don't want to read about your school problems graduate and then you I'll know read what about that is problem. true when we talked about um the hate you give and you're like i'm tired of this <laughs> i don't care about your homework i don't care about your test i'm done with that uh so a court of mist and fury i have not read this one nope um young adults fantasy i just haven't read it nope nope um, i know it's popular with the booktubers though because i hear it there a lot Oh really? I need to I need to look at more booktube. Oh, I watch so much booktube, and it's really frustrating because that's all they talk about is YA. Oh yeah, but you I like start the aesthetic. Your own. I was think, you know what? I was thinking about that, and I was like, well, I'm already half-assing a lot of things. Do I need to half-ass a YouTube channel too? Yes. I did please put- tweet at Danielle if you want her to half-ass at a, at a non-YA or YA. You do read a lot of YA. Um, even though you claim not to like it, um, booktube. But it would just be me hating on it, and then I just have a bunch of haters, and I don't need that. Um, but yes, continue with your list. We don't need me getting, don't need to get me started about YA again. Um, Way of Kings, which I also read. I haven't uh, read that one. Hella nerdy. Very nerdy. Look back at past episodes, you'll see me very, like, shyly saying, I read one of these books, because they're, they're very nerdy. Clockwork Princess, I haven't heard of that one either. I've heard of it, but I haven't read it. Is oh another YA. Yeah. I have heard of a name a name of the wind, the King Killer Chronicle, which I know yes. Molly's read. Yes, and someone we just recently found out that we have um reviews on iTunes. <laughs> well, I did. After telling everyone to go review us, oh, I just yeah. right. And so someone straight up said, I'm going to read that book. And please, whoever you are, if you can hear me, talk to me about it because no one, I think like one person I've ever met either online or, you know, um, in real life has ever read this book. And I, it was actually Frank's um, uh, best man. And I have like this huge copy. It's actually propping up several things on my shelf. 
And he saw, he was like, oh my God, did you read that? I was like, yes. And then I started talking for like 30 straight minutes. And then he was like, you know, I'm, I'm about halfway through it. I was like, oh. Oops. <laughs> so please, whoever you are, if you read it, find me. Let's talk about it before Lynn Manuel. Right. I'm so excited for this. I told someone at Target, like, I don't know why. I don't know what came up. I was buying like a book or something and like some cheese. I don't know. And she was like, oh, do you like to read? I was like, yes. And so she's like, well, what's the last uh, book that you just read? And this was in the time that I just read it. So I told her all about it. And I was like, bitch, it's the next Harry Potter. Like, people are going to love it. It's going to be all over the place. She was like, and she like printed out, you know how you could do on a receipt? Oh, like, yeah, print the out some print paper. And she wrote that shit down. So Patrick Rothfuss, like, I don't know why you would ever listen to this, um, as silly girls, but maybe you do. And just so you know, I've sold at least two copies of your book. And three, because I, I bought it because you recommended it. Oh, three copies of your book. <laughs> and I would just like to say that I would like some compensation for that. <laughs> Please and thank you. Please and thank you. Right. Uh, the Last Olympian, I haven't heard of either. I thought that was a middle grade book. Like, it's for younger readers. But I think I've heard of it. YA or... So, MG is middle grade. Yeah. Okay. And then they um, start breaking it out by genre, it looks like. Yeah. So, then they have The Nightingale. Have you read that one? Nope. I'm not doing well on this list. The Green Mile. Have you read that one? I saw the movie. <laughs> well, I haven't done either, so... Calvin and Hobbes, if you read Calvin and Hobbes. I read The Essential Calvin and Hobbes. Oh, that's cute. So I love Calvin and Hobbes. And then Death Note. I have not read Death Note. <gasps> that was another thing that I made Frank watch. <laughs> and I well, read it. Both are good. Isn't that a Netflix? Didn't Netflix remake that one? Yeah, they and wasn't did. it terrible? It's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. And the guy from um, Atlanta plays um, L. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is just, oh man, is it bad? It's watched, just really bad. I watched their remake of Full Metal Alchemist and that was bad too. So maybe they should stop remaking anime. Maybe they should. Mm-hmm. Uh, romance. I've heard this writer, Hopeless by Colleen Hoover, and I heard she's terrible. Really? Yeah. She has very problematic books. Like <gasps> there's very problematic romances with men who border on abusive. Oh, women who don't stand up for themselves so yeah oh no just gonna yeah i would skip that one <laughs> um agatha christie and then there were none i have read that one so, oh okay and then to kill a tell me about bird. it oh you haven't read that one i haven't read any agatha christie ever because i feel like she had one book that had like a racist name it's this one they okay it. <laughs> yeah it was, uh, i was like ah, i don't know about this it was originally Ten Little Indians because that's what the murderer uses. Like, there's this nursery rhyme called Ten Little Indians, and that's I how he starts. It, on, uh, it may have been the Ten Little N word, too. I don't know. Yeah, okay. I don't know the history of that particular nursery rhyme. But it was originally in the book, I think she had it as Ten Little Indians. And then mm-hmm. um, it's like all these, it's a little nursery rhyme about all these Indians, like ten little, one little Indian, like, chopped his thumb and then there were none it's something it's some kind of rhymey thing where they all meet and have very bad endings and so that's how there's 10 people in a mansion and they all start dying and they start dying in the same way as the people as the little mm. characters in that nursery rhyme and so you read it and you try to figure out who it is i actually kind of liked it i read it in middle school um before i learned about the problematic history of uh, all versions of that nursery rhyme and i thought uh. it was pretty 
pretty good. So I can't remember who ended up doing it. Like it's like 10, a murderer invites these 10 people to this mansion. It's, it's kind of saw like where like they, Uh, they did some uh kind of fucked up thing. And this is why they're getting killed because they did, they did something. I see. And so this is their revenge. Have we talked about Saw on here before? I don't think so. And how angry it made me? We've talked about Ring, I believe. But I don't know if we talked about Saw. Oh, yeah. Ringu. <laughs> I saw the first I saw. saw. Yeah. I saw it. I was mad that that guy was laying on the floor the whole time. Have you listened to the We Hate Movies episode of that? <laughs> of, on, on that? Because that's what they Because they have the same complaints. Chris, Chris Cabin <laughs> hates it. And then the highest, we need to get on this. It's like 30 minutes and we still haven't talked about our book. Well, you know, the book is short. That's why we get so much. <laughs> That's also true. We'll get to it. We'll get there. To um, Kill a Mockingbird. I've read that. Sure, I read it. Yep. The highest mm. nonfiction book is Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind. Have not read it. Haven't read it. Haven't heard of it. But. I have heard of it, at least. Born a Crime. You read that one. Yes, I did read Born a Crime. Uh, you liked it, right? It was a pretty good memoir. I'm still kind of iffy on Trevor Noah, but yeah. I will say his memoir was a decent read. And I read the audible, and I heard the audible. Did he, he narr- read it? And he narrates it. Yeah. So that I think helps because he, you know, has that timing. Oh yeah, one of the top rated audiobooks on Goodreads. But to be fair, what's it called? Was like giving that away for free for like eighteen it- months. I think I had a copy of it. I was like, I I never asked for like I was interested, <laughs> but I was like, I don't know how I got this. <laughs> how does this just show up in my library it was like it's been on every time they have a sale it's one of their and like audible's been having hella sales lately oh has it's it? been on sale mm-hmm. like they had a fourth of july sale mm. and then they randomly have like a prime day middle of the summer sale they just have a lot of sales lately hmm. so yeah hmm. that one's always on sale yeah well I, i'm sure i will read it eventually <laughs> i just this has not been the year of molly reading a whole bunch <laughs> poor thing you've got a lot going on <sighs> Um, Return of the Kings. I read that. Did you read that? No. Same reason I haven't read Harry Potter. I just can't. I mean, there's no school, but it's very high fantasy. And it's like, eh. Yeah. Uh, Hate You Give. I read that one. You read that one. <laughs> I don't like how they start out John Green and the Fault of Our Stars. They blah, 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 blah. But it's like, don't even, why even mention that? I hated the Fault in Our Stars. Every time I, I think about that book, that I shit. get angry. It's so bad. I'm sorry. I just, I don't know. I know that John Green is writing for an audience and I know that I'm not a part of that audience. So I try not to like judge, but I just, I haven't read it. And I like John Green. My issue with the book is, you know how Arrested Development has terrible characters, but uh-huh. like they're unlikable, they're but supposed they're supposed to be, supposed to be unlikable. Yeah. This one has terrible characters and they're unlikable and they act like they're not supposed to be unlikable. Like yeah. it's like they're terrible people. And no one's acknowledging that they do terrible things and they're terrible uh, people. Kind of like Mad Men. <laughs> Where you just sit around and it's like, I hate all these people. Oh, they're terrible. And then the last one is Dear Amanda. Yes, Dear Jiwale. I hope I pronounced that right. Or a Feminist Manifesto and 15 Suggestions. I have not read that one. I've not read it either. But if it's inspired by that TED Talk, uh-huh. it's, I don't know. I think We Should All Be Feminists was inspired by that TED Talk. So no. I refuse to listen to TED Talks. I like TED Talks. I've heard some great ones. I just refuse. I want to know your beef against TED Talks. I don't know. They feel very <laughs> pretentious to me. And people are always saying to me, oh, I saw this TED Talk. I saw it. And I'm like, mm. I, I don't know. It's just it's just that Kansas City in me where I'm just like, oh, a TED Talk? Really? Okay. 
I get kind of iffy with the like franchise TED Talks. Where it's oh, like, like the you know, TEDx like, talks and everything. Yeah, all the cities have their own thing. Like St. Louis had one. It's like, because those tend to be sort of like lower tier. But like the legit top level TED Talks, I kind of like those because they'll be really <sighs> interesting. I just feel like there's, I'm sorry, someone's going to hate me for saying this, but I feel like there's such an elitism to like, mm, a TED Talk. Because don't you have to pay like a shit ton of money to actually sit in there and listen to it? When it's like, bitch, you could watch this shit on YouTube. Well, then like, that's their fault. I don't know. I just feel like TED Talks, like whenever anyone starts talking, is such like a well actually kind of moment. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, actually, I heard in a TED Talk. Um, so, yeah. So I read, let's see, all together. One, two, three, four, five. I read five of the 20 <laughs> highest rated books on Goodreads. So clearly I need to read more books. Oh, actually, no, I don't. These are all YA. I'm just fine. I read eight. Close to half. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. But I like it because I was trying to think of, I don't think I've seen, I don't know where it came up. I found the lowest rated book I've ever seen on Goodreads. And I was uh-huh. genuinely surprised because I had never seen a book with that low of a rating. What was it? 1.29. Wow. I've never seen anything lower than a three. And it was the uh, Handbook for Mortals book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the one that scammed its way to the top. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. Just... Because there are other scammers, like that Felina, the girl who did the cocky copyright, her books still have like a 3.5, whatever. Oh, really? So her ratings haven't been tanked, but this lady, yeah. 1.29. Yay. And then our final piece of news. Yes. Go is, ahead. <laughs> so apparently, oh, everyone's favorite former president, Obama, and his, you know, main man, Biden, are characters in a... I don't know if it's a series, but at least in a one title book where they are Sherlock Holmesian, which is a fun word, Sherlock Holmesian detectives. Um, So the graph is Andrew Schaefer's Hope Never Dies opens as Biden, his narrator, mopes around the house shortly after the 2016 presidential election. Obama is on the vacation to end all vacation and his former vice president is scrolling through old text messages they send each other, feeling left behind as he watches paparazzi videos of the 44th president kayaking with Justin Trudeau and base jumping with Bradley Cooper. Then in a satisfyingly Norse scene, he hears flint striking metal and sees a slim figure in his back and his, and his black hand tailored suit in the trees. And so I guess they just, they go on and they try to solve the mystery behind the death of a Amtrak conductor. I love it. I really I love read this um, pull quote. Um, <laughs> it says, um, <laughs> his white dress shirt was unbuttoned at the neck. He took a long drag off his cigarette and exhaled smoke with leisure. Barack Obama was never in a hurry. <laughs> oh my gosh, Biden is my favorite Obama fanboy, I swear. Like, I miss it. Uh, I would, I gotta find this and I'm gonna read it. Yeah, so. we should tweet this picture too, because it's hilarious. <laughs> I just miss having a president who I feel like isn't actively trying to kill me. You know, or destroy, Or destroy democracy. Right. For this wh- is not we- the last episode was the sighing episode it was we're not doing that again we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna move ahead we're gonna talk about our book now yes let's go to our book Woo! so we read bingo love by t franklin jen mm-hmm. st ong and joy sen yes san i'm not sure if i'm gonna say correctly and it was very very cute very cute um, so let's get into a little bit of the background. I found this. Usually we don't do backgrounds, but this I thought was really interesting. Mm-hmm. It was published as part of a Kickstarter campaign, and mm-hmm. the project was funded in like five days, mm-hmm. which is pretty astounding. 
So, and then Image Comics picked it up. Image, the same publishing company that does Saga. Saga and uh, Walking Dead. I'm not up on my Walking Dead. (laughs) (laughs) So, it's a really quick read, which is, I think, why we were both able to finish it in, like, the day we did. In between all the wedding hijinks. So, I have a little synopsis, and then we'll get into it. Um, I sort of stole the synopsis off the internet because it. it was there. So, I'll just get into it. So... Bingo Love tells the story of Hazel Johnson and Mary McRae, two 13-year-old black girls who quickly become best friends. As they grow closer, they discover a deep love for one another. But it's 1963, and their families forbid them from seeing each other ever again. Soon, they're both married off to men they don't love. They seem destined to live apart until fate reunites them at a church bingo hall where they first spotted each other. After an agonizing decision, both women divorce their husbands in order to finally be together. This isn't on the document, but I just will wing it. The book ends with Mary losing her memory and Elle or Hazel taking care of her. And it ends on a note where they reunite in heaven as they were when they met each other again later in life, looking Mm -hmm. as they did when they met each other later in life. So Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about it. It's a graphic novel. It's about 80 pages. And Mm -hmm. I would just like, I think we picked this, I think, one, because of Pride Month and because of representation. But beyond, I want to say beyond, like, the LGBT representation it has, I just sort of loved seeing two older, like, female characters, like, having a romance. It was kind of fun. You don't see mm-hmm. that. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. Like, across all races, but especially for black women, like, mm-hmm. just to see, like, these two little grandmas, like, yeah. telling their story. Like, you really don't. I don't know, it's like an ageism thing. We don't really see that. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, they were like, there was some promotional art I saw somewhere that said, like, grandmas can sex to two. And it was this panel of Hazel. She also goes by Elle in the book. Of Hazel, like, lying in her bed Oh, yeah, that was a saucy It was a saucy. Her hair was all over and her Mm -hmm. skirt was right, or her slip was riding up. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's when I had the moments like, oh, it's like really cute. And I think they take a bath together at some point. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's really they showing. They like, very saucy. Yeah, their love story. So I was like, I was here for it. What did you think of Bingo Love, Molly? <laughs> you really going to do me like that? <laughs> I was waiting to see if you would turn it back to me. <laughs> okay. Overall, I really liked it. There were some issues in it, though. I, I agree. I think... I'm very glad it exists. It was really cute. The art was adorable. The I really art love is the art. really, really cute. Like, I'm just scrolling through it right now. I'm at the point where, like, they first kiss and, like, all the unicorns and the doves and shit are flying around and she sees them married. Like, the colors, the um, the character design, a lot of the layouts of the pages are really, really cute. Um, oh, I love that panel you're talking about where um, Mary kisses Elle on the cheek and there's like a literal unicorn and doves uh-huh. and hearts. And it's all like pinks and reds and, you know, she's there with like the star, like the anime stars in her eyes. It's super, super cute. And then they mirror this panel later when they actually kiss as adults, I think. Oh, do um, they? Yeah. So kind of later when they meet at the bingo you see a lot of the same kind of like pinks and a little bit of the yellow the rainbow colors when they they kiss again so that i like that some of these are when they hold hands like that pink is pulled through and mm-hmm. it's only really used in the instances when they're together which i thought was really cute 
There's also in that same vein a mirroring of so when they first meet in 1963, there's like this two-page spread that shows them like growing close. Mm-hmm. It's like them doing each other's hair, doing their toes, and just talking. And then later, after they've reunited and they're back together, there's a similar panel of them just like growing up or growing older and like living. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really cute too. Those were my two favorite splash panels of this them living. It was really adorable. Yeah. Overall, I think. The art was really cute. I did have a few issues. My big issue with this thing is like, not this thing. That was really dismissive and rude of me. My big issue with this story was I feel like this could have honestly been a two or three book series. A series. And I think it, it probably, I think the biggest problem was um, some of the pacing. Yes. Because I sort of felt like everything that happens in 1963 could have been its own book. Yes. And then everything her big decision over whether or not to leave both of their decisions to leave their husbands and pick up where they left off in 1963 could have been a separate book. Like yes, two very big. Absolutely. <laughs> and then with Mary getting, uh, I'm assuming it's Alzheimer's. It's some kind of like, yeah, degenerative memory. Um, yeah. And then them kind of living their final years together could have been its own book. Yeah. They could have had a past, present, future sort of, yeah, I think they could have. And I understand that this is a Kickstarter. I understand that, like, you know, the funding is what it is. And it's kind of like, well, I don't know if we have funding for a series. I don't know if we have the resources for that. It's like, let's get it all out here. And I know that um, they're going to do some more of these. Oh, but really? I think, well, I mean, it was in the book, which was probably the biggest kind of turnoff for me, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. But. Yeah, it seems like they're going to do more. And it was just kind of like, oh, I don't know if it was like timing, like we have to get this out because of Kickstarter or something that kind of affected it so that I, I I felt like it wasn't a complete story. Like it was almost a like a preview to a complete story. Yeah. And I think um, I had an idea. I had something I was going to say and it just popped out of my head. Um, well, I was going to say I didn't know about the Kickstarter when I read it. Mm. I found that as I was researching the episode and once I saw that, I was like, that makes a lot more sense. Cause yeah, you have a story you want to tell and you may not have, you're not guaranteed that you're going to have all the space in the world to tell it. Right. So it does make more sense. Knowing that it makes more sense now. I didn't know that when I originally read it. So I was a little bit irritated. And I Um, I don't know if that's the case or not, because I know that they, I I don't know why I follow a whole bunch of comics people online. I kept (laughs) like seeing people talking about this and doing the Kickstarter and all this stuff. Um, so I had been aware of it and I, I told you, like, I bought it back in like January or February. I was like waiting around. I was like, when's my copy coming? And then I didn't know it was like the electronic copy. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know that that is the case, but that, that is my guess for why maybe some elements of the story that I feel like should have been in here were not. Yeah. Because... One thing, when I had just heard about this, I was really drawn to the fact that, like, or drawn to the aspect of the story of, like, they met as teenagers in the 60s. And I'm like, I don't even know how you... I imagine that must be really hard in today's society. Like, how do you know someone you're interested in will be interested in you back Mm -hmm. when you're both women? I would have loved to kind of see, like, how they both came to that. They sort of do it, but it's just so quick. Like, Mary kisses Hazel on the porch... And I think they both realize they have a connection, but it would have been sort of, 
interesting to see like how they had to navigate that in 1963. Yeah, because it, it starts off, um, uh, Hazel is talking to this girl. I don't know who she is because she never has a face or name. Oh, I thought it was her grandmother. What are you talking about? At the beginning, you said she's talking to this girl. I thought she was talking to her grandmother. Oh, never mind. Go back. Okay. Yeah, like the, the first four panels and then we never see this girl again and she's like oh my parents kicked me out it's so terrible and hazel's like okay well you can stay with me but you know i had it harder and it was kind of like on the one hand i'm like did you because i didn't really see that you i mean yes i can understand conceptually and from what i know of just like the world that it was harder, but I did not get that in this story. Like, you got this girl here crying. She's like, my parents kicked me out, da-da-da. And it's kind of like, oh, you teens have it hard now, but we had it so much harder back in the day. And she tells a story where nothing, like... We don't see it. We don't see it. Like, there's the stuff with her husband, which we can get to, which is frustrating and upsetting. But it's like, to discount this teen story where she's just crying, you don't even get any resolution to that and be like oh you teens these days is you know you got it so easy and we had it so hard but then we don't she doesn't quite really go into that and I think that if she had told a little bit more of Mary's story because Mary was the one who was about to be kicked out and stuff maybe we would have seen that parallel but we get so little of Mary's voice or kind of story in this in this whole thing that it's kind of I don't know it, it just it seemed like a lot of things are missing yeah the world build like we get their story and we get our characters but we don't really get a good world for them to exist in because another thing I sort of noticed mm-hmm. off of this was like it, this book the first half of the story doesn't feel like it takes place in 1963 and I was noticing yeah. things like their classroom is integrated they yes. have a white teacher um, they go to a cocoa shop that also looks integrated yes the church is black from what i can tell but there doesn't seem to be any of those you know the kind of things you would expect a 13 year old in 1963 to have to be dealing with yeah like it's just it's the colorism the the racism you know the things that are happening in the 60s there's a war going on there i mean they sort of touch on the war actually i'll take that back but like the civil rights movement and i know every story doesn't have to be a race story but these are things that would be shaping their experience. Yeah, like, it seems like if it was part of this, you know, why set it in the 60s if that's not going to be a part of it? Yeah. So, because they clear, very clearly have a white teacher and they're very clearly sitting in a classroom with white kids. Yeah, I was thinking that. It's like almost like when we're old ladies and I see something that takes place in 2018 and if it doesn't mention like just like an overhanging dread over you at all moments, I'm going to be like, mm, that ain't accurate. That ain't accurate. <laughs> so, yeah. And so, yeah, that was the thing. I was like that. Cause I mean, I can't watch, read this through like a, I don't know what it's like to be gay in the 1960s, but I have yeah. sort of an idea of what it might've been like to be black in the 1960s. <laughs> you know, I've, like, I've heard tell. Yeah. And I was like, mm, there's some things missing. So, and I think, again, it's just it doesn't have the space it needs. I would say that exactly. Like, I think my biggest criticism is not that it's bad, but that I wanted more room for this story to breathe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think the the conflict with because you touched on it, the conflict with Mary's mother or aunt, like because it's not our mother. She's staying with her grandmother because her mother, for some reason, can't care for her. 
Yeah. And so she does. She's already been moved from one home. So I could understand like that fear of being, you know, pushed out by another guardian. Right. That was really good conflict set up. But we don't see any of that. She's just gone. She's like, I'm moving down south. And then we don't see her again. And we never hear anything about like, I don't think we ever see her husband. You can't, I assume some of the people who show up later are her kids. Like she had three sons or something. I don't know. She does have some kids who just show up. It's the story is very much Hazel's story. We yeah. see everything sort of through her. Which is fine. But then again, at the end, you kind of feel a little bit less invested in Mary. Cause it's like, I feel like I don't really know this character at all. Yeah. I only know it through what she sees. Yeah. And so they sort of have this big incident where they're <laughs> kissing in front of Mary's house and that's how they get caught. Right. And it's sort of, I mean, it's a big moment, but it happens again so quickly. I feel like that's going to be a thing we repeat. So they also didn't act. I mean, they were upset, but they were like, like, I feel like they would have acted the same way if she were kissing some boy in front of the house. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of funny. Maybe. And yeah, I guess that's what I was going back to at the very beginning, too, when she was like, oh, attitudes towards um lesbian women were so much worse back in the day and it's like but the same the same thing is happening like they're threatening to kick her out and then they don't but this girl sitting at your table was kicked out and you're gonna complain to her like "Ooh, don't cry because we had it so much harder but it's like i'm not i'm not seeing that yeah this is not apparent in the story yeah To play devil's advocate, and I think this is why this story is so hard, Mm -hmm. I feel like they wanted to write a story that was, well, they wanted a story that that had a happy ending. And I can understand, like, there's a lot of stories that deal with, like, LGBT romances that end, like, so I was watching that Love in Between the Covers documentary. Uh, uh Or Love Between the, yeah, Love Between the Covers documentary. And they touched on this author who wrote a lot of lesbian romances, and she was... And one of the readers said, you know, when I was coming up, there's all these stories where the women realize they're lesbians and they like kill themselves or they get depressed or they get miserable. So I can understand a want for a happy ending. Yes. And I think it's good that this has a happy ending, but it's Mm -hmm. like. Yeah, it still does need to show the stakes. Yeah. Or either show the stakes or show them like living this happy life together. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like we don't get a whole lot of them together. That's also true, too. They're together when they're younger. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it just goes so fast. That'll be our complaint, I think, about the whole thing. Yeah. It's just so fast. Because then we move into the present day. Yes. Or 2015. <laughs> Better days. Still the Obama administration, at least. <laughs> and they run into each other at that same bingo hall. Yes. And, like, Mary just lays one on her in front of everyone. <laughs> in front of everybody. <laughs> and yeah. Hazel's daughter has a fit. Yeah, she real upset. <laughs> It was so funny because she's like our age. She's 38. Oh, she's older than us. Yeah. Because she says at one point, she's like, I'm 38 years or something like that. Oh, that's like, girl, come on now. Which, okay. But if you saw your parent cheating on your other parent, you'd be upset. (laughs) Like, that's how I took it. Because she gets like so upset. I'm kind of like, ah, but then I'm like, okay, well, if you saw, you'd be angry. You'd be yeah, like, that's true. I don't care who you are kissing my mama when my daddy is at home. I guess I've always been like a widow for so long. And I was like, good mom. You, you, <laughs> it's like, you, you go, go out there and get it. You go get out there it, and get it. Yeah. What did you think of the husband? I know next to nothing about him. I liked how she was like, will you shut up? And then she kicked him out of the bedroom. I mean, like, but we don't. 
I don't know, he's there for maybe five pages. And yeah. then he has this big secret backstory yes. that's alluded to, which we'll get into. And then he's like, okay, I guess we'll split up. Like, there's a big chunk that's missing that would have helped me better understand. I say we get into it now. Up. Okay, we can get into it now. There so are- she marries this guy um, in the 70s. Jake. Uh, James. James. I knew it was a guy. He's in Air Force. Um, he's like a blue-eyed guy. I don't know. I don't know why I thought that, that detail stuck out to me. Is he blue-eyed? Yes, because some of the kids have blue eyes. A few moments later. Oh my gosh. Because, yeah, I would have noticed it really stands out in the uh-huh. digital one. In the print one, it's not that, it's not that blue. Right. It's a little bit more of a brownie gray blue interesting and you see the kids the boys have the blue eyes too and she has the hazel eyes yeah it's nowhere like i can i can send you that same one i like i don't need to keep sending you those but like it's nowhere near that vibrant of a blue so i would have because i would have noticed that Mm -hmm. i'd be like wow their eyes are really blue Mm -hmm. that's interesting interesting. but yeah we got way off topic um did we i mean our topic (laughs) is the book this is the most we could talk about this book but we're supposed to talk about what about james really Oh yeah, what did you gears. think about? <laughs> what did so, you think about James? So there's this really good because this is another really good conflict that's introduced in the oh, story. Hazel yeah. and Mary reunite, and yes. like Mary is ready to like bail and Mary just start is a like new, you and me right now. She's yeah, like, <laughs> she's she's got no go. hesitation about leaving her husband. She's mm-hmm. like ready to do this thing. Hazel is a little bit more reluctant, so she's like she's going back and forth like. Do I be happy or do I stay with my husband? You know, he's a good husband. I love my family. She wants to keep her family together. So um, where was I going with this? So they have this big, so I guess she kisses Mary in front of the bingo hall in front of her daughter, who we both agree handled it in different levels of appropriateness. And so Mary runs, her daughter Marion just runs back and snitches to the whole family, I guess. Um, No, she doesn't. Hazel tells him. Yeah, Hazel Hazel tells him. And she says, like, hey, I saw this woman I used to date or I was in love with at the bingo hall and I kissed her. And so he's like, what, you're gay? But he kind of blows up at her. Yeah. And then they spend the night apart and then they talk again in the morning and like they have this conversation where he confesses his secret. And it seems like after that, everything's all chill and they agree to split up. Now, I wonder if this was different in the two versions, too, because... Um, it says in my version, you know, they're having that scene, they agree to split up. And then in one panel, it says it has like that kind of like, uh, I don't know what you call it, the help text or whatever. The editor's note? The editor's note. And it says, um, apparently I wasn't the only one keeping secrets during our marriage. James told me his own deep and dark secret. Finally, I understood why he treated me the way he did. And then it says some other things. It says, find out what James was hiding in Bingo Love Secrets by Sean Pryor and DJ Kirkland, a digital release editor's note. Yeah, that's in the print ones, too. I just found it, like, without knowing what that secret is. I was very turned off. Yes, without knowing what it is that makes him, it just feels weird. Because, like, what secret does he have that makes him so willing to, like, leave his wife and break up the family like, without knowing what it is, it's just, it's a lot. Yeah, it makes him seem like kind of a less full or less rounded character. Because it's like, well, he did something, but I don't really know what it is. And she's kind of basing her decision off of it. And he's basing his decision. But without really knowing, 
it's kind of hard to tell how I should feel about this because it's like, yes, is he like, hey, you're a lesbian, you married a girl. Yeah, that's that's a weird thing to say. But like, he's not totally wrong to be mad that she kissed somebody because they are married. Yeah, without that conversation and whatever it is he confessed, he obviously, he the secret, he met someone. Yeah, and I'm wondering if it's this guy who's in that panel when she's first introducing him and she's talking about him being in the Air Force and she's like, oh, we rode every day and he's kind of smiling over his shoulder at that other guy. And it's that's, like... I bet his secret is he's gay. Yeah, but. and if that's the case, shouldn't that be a part of the story? I feel like it should be. Because, yeah, there's a panel where he's, like, smiling and looking at some guy in, like, I guess, a what, a foxhole? I don't know. Yeah, this word. guy's cheesing at him, too. So it's kind of <laughs> like, okay, well, if that if that's, if that's that is the case, then uh, doesn't that kind of change your perception of what happens here? Or at least yes. not change it, but, like, influence it. Because, like, yeah. she's always like, oh, we've had sex, what is it, like, three times that we had three children? And it's like, if that's the case, like that, that is telling a really complex story of these two people who built this life together, but have only been intimate three times ever. Like, what the hell? children are it. Yeah. Which is weird because there's this scene where he's like, there's this panel where he's like, so you want it? And she's like, basically, I have a headache. And it's like, so maybe he did approach her more often. I don't know. I I feel like without knowing his secret and what his deal is, it just sort of adds a layer of confusion right and then she because when she comes out to him she says that she's bi right that she likes men and women yeah but she just doesn't like him yeah because she made it sound like she did not want to be with him in that way yeah she loved him but she wasn't attracted to him right and she kind of says oh i you know i haven't felt this way about anyone in a really long time and all this stuff so yeah i think that because you kind of get the sense that he's supposed to be this big bad, but then at the same time, it's like, well, I don't really understand their relationship at all. Yeah. Because we, yeah. Because a so big part was, of it's missing. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big weakness to the story. Yeah. And But however, I mean, they have that and the honeymoon short, which was less influential to the story. It was just them being cute, I think. Yeah. Which um, I get. It's like how them being cute, like the yeah. art's super cute, like the character design. Like I love this little negligee she has on when she's got the curly flies <laughs> and the, the milkshake, like and the bathtub. Like that's all super adorable. Even yeah. the wedding could have been like its own like total one shot. Yeah. Um, there's a difference between like leaving the cute stuff out and leaving vital important information yeah because you said something about like how romances do it and I was like yeah like they could have built and spun off other characters but you have to finish telling this story the complete story first yeah and then go into their detail so and that's a vital part of the story the breakup of her marriage is a big part of the story right or even Mary's marriage like we don't oh yeah we have no idea she says something like oh he was married to the job or something and it's like but is that like a reason to totally leave your husband of 50 years because yeah it's like well you could have left him like why didn't you leave him before now right she seemed like a very independent woman she didn't did she i don't really know anything about her (laughs) she seemed based on from like she seemed headstrong she did not seem like the kind of person to stay in a relationship like but she, she left, did. She left L like that, and she. I don't know. You're right. I'm. I'm making. I guess I'm making presumptions. Presumptions. She just didn't no, seem I timid. Mean, yeah, she doesn't seem timid. Like she doesn't seem like the 
the kind of person who would stick around and everything. But from the facts of the story, we know she did stay with this dude. Yeah. We know she did go along with her her family and leave Elle. So it's like, you know, you. I feel like they keep telling us that she's this headstrong person, but I... I mean, I guess I see it when she comes up and kisses Elle. Like, that's a cute (laughs) moment. But other than that, like, we don't really know much about her. Yeah. So, both of those side stories, the secrets and the honeymoon, are in the jackpot edition. Which, had I known that, I would have purchased that I would have gotten that version, yeah. I didn't know that's what that one... I was like, oh, I don't need this extra info. They should have said... (laughs) Amazon, somebody. Like, somebody hey, should have told me. The Jackpot Edition has two shorts that are mentioned in the main story. Because yeah. I don't know if I'm going to buy the Jackpot. I, I already got the one book. I don't need another copy. Um, well, I want to know what happens. This is the same reason I bought uh, This Could Be Us <laughs> What You Play, too. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Urban Fic Week is coming up. Molly, like, it sort of sure made it clear is. that we're definitely doing that again. And yes. I got kind of sad. Yes, January is officially urban lit month. And I'm like really sad. I'm gonna find like, a good a way one. To, I'm gonna find one to start the year. <laughs> You're gonna love. I told her I was like, fine, you have to pick it. I can't. I'll do it. If so tweet Molly your recommendation. Yes, tweet me your urban uh, lit recommendations written by Black women, and there's a very real possibility that Daniel will have to read it. Probably if it's anything titled pregnant by my my well, mama's ex my or mom's any... no what was it pregnant by my mother's rapist oh, I ain't we're probably that. not gonna read that one but if it's something like um hustlers in love or um what was the other one we saw on that list you know there's a real possibility yes oh god they were so wild they're so well i don't i mean i get the trend not a part of the trend. I I can't. Um, back to the book we read. But yeah, so I just, there's a big chunk of this story missing. Yeah, and, and then, I think that was, that to me was the real, like, I don't like to say this, but it was a real flaw in the book. Yeah, and looking through it, I feel like they could have tightened the story a bit more. Like, there's this really long, and I say long, it's like three or four pages in a 90-page book, where she goes to her son's house and her daughter-in-law's there. Yeah. And she like rocks her baby. She's like, I just need to see my grandbaby. And then she rocks her to sleep and then she goes home. And I'm like, that's a cute scene. Mm-hmm. But but it, like, the it, pacing it is, is so a- off from the rest of the book. Like I would yeah. have liked to see the rest of the book have pacing like this. Because I felt like it had a lot of time for the characters. Like I got a sense of her relationship with the daughter-in-law her relationship with these two kids. Like it had the really sweet scene where she's doing the little girl's hair. Yeah. That was super cute. And she's like, you know, drawing all like the um, bobbles and the hair grease and stuff. It's like, I would have liked the whole book to have that amount of space to tell the story. Yeah. But as it is, that whole scene sort of took time away from other things that needed more development. Yes. So, is and then so yeah that's the present and then they agree to divorce uh-huh. and then mary and hazel have their wedding ceremony on the beach mm-hmm. it's the cute yes and then it's sort of just like they live their life yeah and then they're i feel so bad for mary they did mary wrong on this character design <laughs> can i just say that <laughs> which like, one they moved to like it's like 2050 
and like they've gotten older uh-huh. and Mary like just looks gaunt and like kind of not there about the face like she's she's sick I get yeah. that but she just looks kind of dead and like I just like she looks, she's sick but she looks she looks she looks like a shell and like her hair is kind of long and stringy and she looks gaunt and she doesn't have like because in all the other pages she's like she's very I guess I guess it's good art then. It does what it's supposed to do because she looks really vibrant in all the other pages. Yeah. She looks really vivacious. And then you see her when she gets older and she's just like, she's gone, man. Yeah, she Hazel's is. taking care of her. And which like, I, I liked because then there's that very last page, which my eyes started to sting. I can't say that I did cry, Aww. but I started to feel it when you see like them as like the angels or whatever and they're in like some kind of, oh, they're in a bingo hall. And she's like, oh, and you see them back to not young, which I thought was interesting, but back to the point where they reconnected and she's got the big angel wings and she's like, oh, I've been waiting for you. So I don't really know when Elle died. (laughs) Yeah, because I'm a little confused because like it makes it look like the panel before that Uh Elle is in the hospital bed or Mary's in the hospital bed Uh and then l like lies behind her and then boom, we are immediately in heaven. Yeah, I kind of got the sense that um, L or Mary died first in this scene where she's like hugging her and crying. Like I kind of got the sense that that's where Mary dies, and then at some other point L dies, and then they're in heaven. Oh, maybe I could see how you could read it that way because she's saying like there's a panel saying that Mary and I didn't have enough time together, but we sure made the best of the time we had. And then it's her saying I will always love you, and then it's her hugging her. So that could yeah. be the panel. Where she like, I guess slips away. Well, which she's also one? Smiling, the very last one, because Mary's also no, but smiling which which the... which person is dying? Mary, Mary. <laughs> yes, I agree. Yeah. Because why else would she be in the bed with? Like, they're not just gonna leave her corpse in this bed, you know? <laughs> and then I I would say, oh, they pass away at the same time. But then you see the thing where she's like, oh, I've been waiting forever for you, and out here is like an eternity. Yeah. So did, was it an hour? Did, because she says something like, oh, I'm sorry, did I die of a broken heart right after? Maybe they did. I don't really, the timeline was a little confusing to me there. We are not CSI investigators. We don't know. But yeah, that's another part where it could have just used a bit more space. Yeah. But, um, well, and it makes sense for Mary to go first because she was sicker. Right. So. Yeah, that was bingo love. <laughs> I didn't mean that to sound so smart assy. But yeah, so that's, it's a very short, quick story. Yeah. And I just wish, because it's telling, there's two really big things, three really big things happening in this book. And they could have really just done it like it could have been a nice triptych, which Danielle loves, past, present, future. And then each conflict that they face in their life. Yeah, it could have had a little more. I think we said earlier, space to breathe. And I think that that was, that was what this is missing. And yeah. I don't think that's a bad thing, like, to say, oh, I wanted more of it, because I think yeah. that there's a real gem of a story here. Mm-hmm. And I am wondering if it's just kind of the Kickstarter thing. You know, we talked about TED Talk earlier. Don't get me started on, <laughs> on Kickstarter. If it's just a limitation of, of funding for this, where it's like, hey, I've got to get this story out. I don't know if I'm going to have more funding to do more. I don't know if I'm going to have, you know, the momentum, whatever. So I need to get this out and then later I can tell the other stories. But it, it just, it, it, I don't know. I, and I kept comparing it to 
we talked about this, uh, the bromance, where it's like, okay, you can have a series and you can have everyone kind of touching and telling different parts. But at no point have I ever felt like in the romances you've had me read, am I missing a critical piece of the story? Or am I being kind of led on to buy something else? Right. Um, the one story, you don't need to buy book two right. to see what happens in book one. Right. I mean, but I also know, so I was thinking, like, is this, this is a thing comics do sometimes, though, right? They're like, see this, like, so, take, for example, Civil War. But I'm also not, so I'm not a good enough of a comics fan, so you may have to correct me. Like, Civil War is a big, like, mul- but that might also be, I need to finish my sentence before I go and explain. <laughs> Civil War is a big multi-issue, like, event in the Marvel yes. comics. Where like all the superheroes were fighting, and like Spider Man, I think had a super had a Civil War issue, and like the X Men, I think had a Civil War issue. Yeah, and, like, they all do. All these different stories touching, and like that's a, and I think if you read one, it sort of enhances your reading of another. Yeah, but maybe that's also maybe you also get the whole story. I don't know. I don't read enough comics. Yeah, I and like- I mean that's kind of the reason why I don't read a lot of those superheroes but at the same time it's like it's kind of the same thing like the you're getting a whole story or at least you're getting like this feels kind of like you said how you said um you didn't really feel the need to go back and reread the other two um uh like the uh what is it the the complete with all the dlc and stuff Oh, yeah. yeah, the jackpot edition? The jackpot edition. So it's kind of, I, I don't know that it worked very well here. Um, it just, it feels like a piece is missing, and then you're kind of like, well, am I going to go read the other pieces? I don't know. So I I think maybe it's, it's trying to get there, or it's trying to do that thing too, but it doesn't, it, it just, it feels incomplete. And it doesn't feel like a series, if that, if that makes sense. As it is, no, yeah. Yeah, I don't it know sounds where you like would take a, it. Yeah, it sounds like a standalone story that just wasn't that had some pieces missing. And I think really if they had just said, Oh, Jack did or James did XYZ, and then they said, Oh, if you want to hear more about James's story, if you want to hear more about what Mary thought, you know, read these other books and it kind of fleshed out this story, then I mm-hmm. wouldn't have so much of a problem as James told me what he did and I understood now. And then we got to move forward. And then the little note saying, oh, if you want to know, if you also want to figure this out, then listen to read the other story. That to me just didn't, it didn't make a whole lot of sense narratively. Yeah. Cause as you say that, if they got rid of some of the confusion as to like how, I guess, frisky they were, like, I hate that word. I feel like a 1950s housewife as to how active they were, like cut that scene where he's asking her and make it seem like neither one of them was asking anyone for anything. And then just have a dropped line where it's like, where he says like, you're not the only one who loves someone you shouldn't or something. Right. Something. Yeah. You don't have to explicitly say it, but then I, and then I would have been like, Oh shit. Well, maybe I should read it. Yeah. And then like, cause, but yeah, just not telling me anything doesn't really entice me to, it's like, well, now I'm, I'm more frustrated than I am intrigued. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the main thing. Also frustrated because now I'm looking at the Thanksgiving table spread. <laughs> oh my God. That was pretty. I liked all the photos with her whole family because they all do look like they're related. It's like the design, the character designs are so cute. They look like a big happy family, and you sort of get why Hazel is so torn to just like blow her family up with this confession. Right. 
Because it's like, it's cute. She's got all her sons and their significant others and her grandbabies. And there's a scene where she walked past and she's like, do I want to lose all this? And it's like, yeah. you get it. It's a hard decision to make. Yeah. So. Meh. Can I say, like, when we first announced we were reading this, I thought in reading the synopsis, I thought the majority of this book would take place in 1963. I thought it would, too. Yeah, like I really thought it would, too. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, maybe at the end they, like, reunite and... But I didn't know it'd be split up the way it was. Yeah. Um, also random, I want to talk about this scene where, this is very relatable, uh-huh. where James called Hazel out because he's like, he's like, you didn't wrap your hair up. You were up all <laughs> night for her. You didn't wrap your hair for her. And I was like, yeah, he gets it. He was like, he knew. The second yeah. he came, he saw those curls. He's like, shit, I've been replaced. Yeah, because they drew her like sexy. Like, they really did. She's got her curls Like she got all, all the, the titties out. She's got a negligee on. She's sexting. She's smiling. It's like, okay, girl. Get it out. One thing that I really, really liked was all the fashion. Um, And maybe this is part of why it started off in the 50s, so she could draw all those super cute, like, 50s (laughs) outfits. And then I'm, like, looking at the daughter. Like, I know this is a sad scene when, like, uh, the daughter confronts her after Mary Kitts's... um, L at the bingo hall, but I just love this like yellow skirt with the, <laughs> with scarf, the scarf on and this like chevron um maxi dress with a little white like bomber jacket. <laughs> I am so in love with a lot of these outfits. The the art is really freaking adorable. It's really cute. It's really I also adorable. I love the stuff in the past. Like there's one era where I think they're like maybe in the early 70s. Because if they meet when they're 13, and then, well, maybe it's late 60s. But I don't know, like, Mary has this cute kind of bob, and she's wearing this pants outfit, and it looks really 70s. I loved it. Yeah. Or this, like, uh, peach jumpsuit that she has on, which is really, <laughs> I love just a lot of these outfits. Even this, like, yellow, um, like, sleep set is super cute. <laughs> so, yeah, we loved the art. I think we can both, like, clearly say that. It's just super cute art. And I like that one of the leads was a dark-skinned black woman mm-hmm. and she was kind of heavy set cuz like you don't see a lot of and black i like women. that she, like she was the really feminine one of the two too like also like i like that she's always in like the super cute dresses she's got the hair done up the makeup and everything cuz i think it's like such a cliche to be like oh she's darker she's masculine <laughs> stupid but i like that she is like heavy set and she's like dressed in all these super super cute outfits and um mary's usually the one and like she's got like this cute little like pantsuit on i don't know i just i love all the outfits in this the art like yeah it's really adorable i think i did an instagram or an insta story and i was like guys it's, it's straight up like disney yeah it's got like they've got like the big wide eyes they've got the big disney faces and the cute noses and like all those disney characteristics that make them look really cute mm-hmm. and they've got the cute clothes and cute hair it's just adorable. Yeah, it's really cute. The colors are really vibrant. It should have had more room, damn it. Yeah, I uh. mean, we're not saying this, like, to be like, ah, I hated it. I was just so tired. I was like, I wanted to see more of it. Yeah. So, how I'm trying to figure out, I guess, Mary, they must be, what, in their 50s when they read? I guess they are. They said 50, they're 50, 60s. They look good for 50, 60. Right? Well, crack. I think it's, like, what it ends in, like, 20, well, it ends in now, but. The latest we see is like 2033, 2038 or something. So I guess yeah. it's like, oh, hey, you know, we're all going to be living to like 150 or something. <laughs> and she's got the robot arms that come out and put the fire. 
Yeah, I was trying to do the math. I was like, okay, if she's already elderly in 2015, and then we're going back to 1963 where she's 13. She was born in 1950, which would mean she'd already be like, she'd be 70 now. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's just I guess a she'd be 80 beautiful future where we're all living. We survive this, this, this present. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it was super cute. The bingo did not play as big a role as it I thought it really would. It really didn't. And I'm trying to figure out what the 63 is. That's like in the beginning. It's like the bingo and it has the 63. On the cover? Yeah. I guess because that's the year. Oh, okay. They met in 1963. Oh, okay. That must be it then. Because I was like, did I miss something with the 63? Or am I looking way too much into this? No, I think that's just um, just the year they met. Oh, okay. And where does it take place? Because Mary moves from California. Oh, where is it? New Jersey. So I don't know. Maybe New Jersey had integrated schools. I feel like they may not have. I don't know. I don't know New Jersey history like that. What did they say? Like schools after Roe were more desegregated? Roe, more you mean Brown? Oh, you mean brown? brown. After Brown, we're more integrated than they are now. And I know someone else, I'm looking at the cover now, I know someone else like typically does it covers and someone else did this cover, but they don't look quite the same. Little Mary, young Mary looks nothing like the older ones do. Older Ellen, older Mary sort of look similar, but young Mary looks completely like a completely different character. And there's also a brief period that looks like it takes place in the 70s because Mary's wearing a jumpsuit, like a polyester but jumpsuit. But it can't be. It can't be because she gets with James in 1970. She has her first baby in 1970. Yeah, and they split up. So, so but I, I mean, you, I feel yeah. like I feel like people were wearing those cute little like ankle shorts. What do you call those? Those high waters. Well, but these are bell bottoms. That that shot of them on the bench, sitting on the bench kissing, that looks, that's straight from the 1970s. Like, Maybe late 60s, maybe. But that, and maybe not even that. It looks very 70s. I don't know. I need to ask my mom. I'll ask my mom. Like, mom, I'll show her this book with no context. And be, be like, like hey, what year is this? What year is this fashion? My, mom, my mother loves the 70s. I think it's her favorite decade, which is heartbreaking because that is, in fact, my least favorite decade. <laughs> but you weren't even around for it. I know, but I can still rank it. So that's what she says, too. And I was like, look, it's just my least favorite <laughs> The fashions were terrible. The seven, the 70s fat, like everyone, what? everyone all together just looked really bad in the 70s. I will not hear this blasphemy. I will I'm not sorry. hear it. I Cannot. know that fire, retardant clothing and fabrics was not quite up to where it should have been in the 70s. <laughs> just, but still polyester and just messy hair and like hip like it's not here for it. everyone as the world was a general clusterfuck in the 40s but people were looking great in the, like oh my god oh my 40s god 40s hair was on point i cannot it i was can't great. i can't this is just the, gonna have to be something that we just fundamentally disagree on. disagree on everyone in the 40s they look so stuffed up i like I the, 70s. the 70s it's like wear a v-neck down to your belly button beads and, everywhere and then like everything about the 70s is just like and like i listen to so sometimes i'll put my google playlist on like a funk list and uh-huh. i'll just listen to it i'm like what the hell is this like you can't dance to it what? are you supposed to just be high to it what? i can't, I can't. 
Oh my god. Now you know how my mother feels because like she loves like my mother loves funk and she loves like 70s Funk is amazing. Funk is amazing. I feel like disco got a unfair rap. It did. Honestly and truly and forever will feel that this whole anti-disco sentiment. It was racist and and homophobic and that was was the reason why people were like, eh, I don't like it. Because disco... It only looked like people were having fun. Okay, maybe there was some stuff going on, like some drugs, some sexual drugs. You know what I mean? That shouldn't have been there. But the aesthetic of it was just so gay and so black. And it's like, if you had a problem with that, it's not because of the music. I think you can make a genuine solid argument that, yes, the the hatred for disco was racist and uh, homophobic. I think you can make a solid argument for it. Because that music, Um, that music was popping. Yeah, well, because it was growing a lot, and that's why all the ang- you heard about the disco demolition night, right? Yeah, yeah, and that was a rock station that did that. A white, I bet it was, and a white guy working at a rock station, and they were sick of the disco. So I, I mean, disco's coming back. Get lucky. A lot of the things uh, Bruno Mars has been doing. Get lucky is a disco hit. I can see that. Like, I mean, all I want to do when I hear disco is dance. Treasure, treasure by Bruno Mars. That's also a disco hit. So. Disco's coming back. It's new old disco. I'm here neo for disco. it. I'm here for neo disco. Let me hear it. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I just aesthetically, I like the 80s more than the 70s. <laughs> First of all, me. Second of all, <laughs> everyone just like was going big and crazy. And I kind of, I kind of love it. Everyone thought they were going to die in the Cold War. Everyone thought they were just going to get blown right off the planet. So they were spending all their money waste all their money on big like cars and big houses <laughs> on big drugs like they went straight to the top they went straight to cocaine that was the <laughs> drug of the, the decade and like it was just great i love the 80s the fashions were ridiculous the pop music was bigger and brighter <sighs> like you gotta talk to frank then i love the 80s i like the kind of griminess of the 70s it's like you know what everybody's sweating we're just out on the street you know you got to be cool I think that's what turns me off of the 70s. Fringe, it's just so grimy looking. Hair, everything. I love it. I say 70s, 90s, and then we hit like rock bottom early 2000s. Oh, the early 2000s were pretty grimy too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They tried to bring flare jeans back. I had a lot of flare jeans in the early 2000s. I did, and I wish some. I did too, and I wish somebody had told me, "Hey, that's not really flattering for your you know figure, what? They Be- just make your legs look fatter, right?" And then it's like, "Oh, it was like post grunge too, so like the bottoms would be all fucked up." But it was like <laughs> that's the way they're supposed to be. At holes everywhere, and denim everything, and chuck. Mm. Thinking about how ragged the bottom of my flare jeans used to get, because I would never wear the right height shoe with them right i would wear tennis shoes so they would drag on the ground and get gross and i'm like right? what were you doing yeah wear that an was ankle the look. pant that was the look oh i loved it that is like I'm, a polo from the gap or from like marshall's that said gap on it i'm never going back to flare jeans i don't care i will be in straight leg or uh skinny legs for the rest because now that i learned how much better they make my legs look i can't do it i can't go back i cannot go back to boot cut or flare my hips are too wide for that mess. I can't. I can't do any more of these low rise. I'm too old for this. Same. Yeah. But now the seventies are just grimy. That's why I love it though. But yeah, that would have been cool if like we saw them in different eras. Like yeah, outside of that one kind of panel. Yeah, like her trying to tolerate James in 1975. Like, yeah. Just like I'm sick of this man. Like, 
or like maybe she thinks about her one day or something that would have been fun just the different decades yeah definitely they don't stop once in the 80s i want to see her draw some some shoulder pads oh no i love i love how have you seen those videos on um youtube where it's like 100 years of fashion yeah and like now they do it really international so they've got like almost a whole bunch of european countries south american countries african countries every time they reach the 80s you can tell it's like a bomb went off (laughs) no matter where like all around the world everyone just like had a fit in the 80s and it's blue eyeshadow and hair and i kind of love it i love it i love how everyone just consecutively like together lost their mind in the 80s We'll just have to agree to disagree on this one. Nat Geo has a whole like multi-part documentary called "80s: The Decade They Made Us." That made us. Oh, you and, and Frank I can watch it. that. Because they make a good argument, like all the technologies and all the problems we have now start in the '80s. Cell phones, all this debt, <laughs> everything—it's all in the '80s. Reaganomics. Mm. 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 <laughs> You're a baby of the 80s, Wally. That's your decade. That's true. I was around for a little bit of the 80s. <sighs> so it would have also been interesting to see, like, so was she just in love with Mary and ignoring everybody else for the last 50 yeah, years? Yeah, because that's she like... easy to say when it's like over the course of two pages. But then that's some real dread. That's some real depression. Like, that's some real heartache if it's over the course of 50 years. You know what I mean? Yeah, and were there any other women she maybe like? Yeah, uh, thought about. Tra- yeah, was it something she was like trying to repress? Was it something like she just was not at at all in touch with her sexuality because? I like, mean, she seemed like she she knew exactly who she was when she had that little lecture with James. Because didn't at one point she say she was pansexual? Yeah, she did. So she like she had thought about it. She knew who she so was. So she's pansexual for everything. And everyone but James. (laughs) She's like, I like everybody but your ass. And maybe if they had been like, oh, I know you cheated on me. You know, I could never get over this. Or you, I always felt a distance between us. Or there was something I couldn't be or couldn't do for you. Then maybe that, that sentiment would make sense where she'd be like, hey, I felt so repressed for so long. But she, she's kind of saying, like, I'm into everybody. I'm, yeah. I'm into all she's kinds of things. I can't, I'm very comfortable with this. I just don't like your ass. <laughs> Which is fine if that's what it is. But I don't feel like we ever get an explanation for that. Yeah. I think even if they only had the 90 pages, it's like, I think it's a kill your darlings kind of scenario. You have to pick what story, because they try to tell three stories, essentially. And I think you got to pick which story you're going to tell. And then maybe like, and then like, I feel like even if they'd never got published again, there would have been another opportunity to tell those other stories. I think so. Cause I mean, they clearly did. They did had those side things in there. Yeah. And we know that, um, it reached its Kickstarter goals very quickly. So it's kind of, yeah. And they have the jackpot edition. So I feel like if it was just like, if they maybe just done a little bit of editing on the story and said like, Hey, let's pick one of these conflicts. Either they, they're meeting in the sixties, their reunion in the fifth, in the present, or, you know, her growing, them growing older and Mary dying in the future. Pick one of those stories to tell. Yeah. In 90 pages. 
Yeah, and use that for the full 90. Yeah. So, you know, kill your darlings, that's what they say. Yeah. So, and then if that had succeeded, like, if they had done the 1950, like, the present day, if that had succeeded, they could have said, learn how Ellen, you know, and then that would be another way for them to sell a book. Yeah. Read how Ellen and Mary first met. Yeah. Yeah. See them on their honeymoon. See this yeah. thing about James. See the thing about the kids. <laughs> and I probably would have read that. Like, I'm not 100% saying, like, oh, I'm not going to read the jackpot or whatever. Um, you know, I, I got I got tomorrow off. I could go see the, go to the <laughs> library. Uh, so I think, I mean, we said we wouldn't have a lot to talk about. We had a lot to we talk did. about. We did. Yeah, we really did. Like, we did a full, like, we did a normal length conversation. So this will be an extra an extra a, bonus link yeah so is there anything else we want to discuss i don't think so would you recommend it i would still recommend it i think it's great for representation like i love that there's a story about these two older black women who reunite and, uh-huh. and just do it and they get their happy ending so i love that this is a thing that exists i that's why i wish it was there was more yeah because i think they could have told three separate stories with this book so yeah i would definitely recommend it it's not it's not going to put you back to buy a copy. It was like, I got it on mine on Amazon for like six bucks. Mm-hmm. So I think we, do we recommend the print version over the <laughs> comiXology? <laughs> I think I had a credit on comiXology. That's like, that's why it defaulted to that. You know how you could do on Amazon sometimes. Oh, and it's yeah. like, Oh, if you uh, don't get the rush shipping or something, we'll give you a dollar. I always pick that shit. You do? I'm I'm mad. I'm like, that's what I'm paying you for. Get the book here in two days. Um, So, yeah, I think, um, I don't know how much of our I conversation will, some of it will definitely be in there. But uh, some of our I argument will probably be cut. But um, I think either way. Bonus material. Bonus. Let us know what color James's eyes were in your copy of the book and how distracting it was to you. That's the scale. We need a scale. How distracting were James's eyes? So yes, I would recommend. I think it's a cute book. Yeah. I'm always here for black comics. Yeah. And I like that it's an own voices story. So the author T Franklin is a woman of, is a LGBT woman of color. So I am here for supporting the sisters. Um, So cool. I think that's it. Um, We needed a light book also to survive wedding week. (laughs) Right. But, uh, we're picking back up next month mm-hmm. is our anniversary or it our birthday. Sure I don't know how we're referring to it. I like birthday. It's cute. I did too. And we can eat cake. So we decided, I we're still working on all the details mm-hmm. and we kind of need to work on that soon because it's coming off. But I think on. we decided to celebrate by having a nostalgia read, right? Yeah. We want to focus on some kid lit. Yeah. Uh, we're going to, I think we thought we were going to do a poll. Uh-huh. And options were going to be things like Dear Addie, which I would love because I have some things to say about that book, <laughs> or one of the Dear America titles. Uh-huh. We'll look up and see what some other. I would love it if we could do like something like maybe I know it's not a black author, but like even Babysitter's Club, we could make a special exception. But like just something 80s or nostalgia, like childhood. Yeah. So yeah, we'll put together fun. a poll and we'll say, and we might even do two because if they're really quick to read. Short, yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so. so we're going to say throwback kidlit, kidlit books in um, honor of our second birthday. So get on Twitter, let us know. What was your favorite book? Like as a kid, what was your favorite kidlit book? Or something that you read with your kids now? Um, yeah. Or the children in your life? Or I don't know. 
as an adult. Uh, yeah. Not so much YA, but more kid lit. I think we're we're focusing on this time. Yeah, we're focusing on like those books you read when you were little. Yeah, little. like yeah. So, I think it was a very different landscape when we were younger. I think so. Like YA middle grade is now becoming a thing, and I don't even think that was a thing. I don't think so. Up. Yeah. So. So yeah. So awesome. So I always ask, what are you reading, Molly? Aww. Have you have you had a chance to read anything? Have you had a chance to sit down and like. <laughs> breathe and read since the wedding when i was sick um i uh was finally able to get started on that uh song of blood and stone that fantasy romance that i told you about i was so proud (laughs) that's very cute (laughs) but um yeah maybe like five hours into it it's very very romancy and having read so much like hardcore nerd fantasy like jimison and all these things where it's like super sexy and like all these gods and all this like weirdness to go to like kind of a like simpler story that's more focused on the romance and mm-hmm. not so much like because i think of um hundred thousand kingdoms trilogy by jimison where it's like all these people just like fucking gods like and i don't mean like oh they're like fucking gods i mean like they are fucking immortal gods like it's like i am the god of sex hello like um so to go from that where it's like the really hardcore fantasy with like the sexy element to um kind of the romance like i think back to when we did um was it Alyssa cole and i was like i was getting so frustrated i was like just do it already so we could get back to the fantasy. But it it has been like just a really cute read. Um, very interesting. Um, kind of a smaller, closer story, which has been interesting. So I, I would definitely recommend it. Hopefully I'll have it finished by the next time because I'm looking around at all the stuff I still have to put. We have so many candles in this house right now. <laughs> oh my gosh, when we were cleaning. So we had to like, I, I stayed long and I stayed so late because... <laughs> One, I like dancing. And two, <laughs> all my stuff was upstairs. I helped Molly clean up after the wedding. And there were just so many candles. And I was like, what so are many you doing? Candles. I think at some point, Frank was just like, just throw them away. He was just like, like he was so mad. He was like, we just have to get rid of these candles. We don't have space for them. There's like so many candles. So it was really Oh, funny. and I saw your T-Pain question. I'm going to ask my grandma. Did you see her okay. dancing to T-Pain? I did. I was so proud. She yes. was like, I, I don't know. know nothing about this man. I don't know this man. But she got out. She danced with T-Pain. I was like, get it, Grandma. I was. So, I love your Grandma. I heard her like sort of mumbling her under her breath during the ceremony. And I was like, I hear you, Grandma. What was she saying? She was. She and Michael were just side-eyeing that DJ. Was, oh, my God. <laughs> so I was like, you go. Um, but yeah, and then I saw. She left the left later in the evening because I don't remember embarrassing myself in front of her, but I do think I embarrassed myself in front of your mom. So tell her. I mean, I'm we sorry. were all dancing. Mrs. Molly's mom, if you're <laughs> listening to this, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, we were all just dancing and having a good time. I just think, I just remember talking very loudly and saying absolutely nothing. I mean, <laughs> I think at some point that was everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah. Yeah, there were so many candles. A lot of candles. Um, but yeah, so I'm glad. It's really funny that you're like, Molly, that's what romances are about. They can't just have sex. They've got to. 
Why? That's that's like the tension. That's like finding out who committed the murder on page three of a mystery. So yeah, we could just solve the mystery. But that's why I like true crime. Did you read um I'll Be Gone in the Dark? No, because that guy freaks me the fuck out. I can't. Whenever you talk about it, I cannot sleep with the window open. I can't either. That's why I keep talking about it because I'm like, this is. But they caught him now, so it's actually better. I'm like, well. I mean, they caught him, but still. This is There's all kinds back. of boogeyman or booger men out there. I remember that press conference. That press conference after they caught the so uh, original Night Stalker was such a hot mess because it was just them patting themselves on the back. For I would be too. But they took thirty years, and he was a cop the whole time. Like maybe <laughs> chill with the smugness. That's that's a good point. Like you have no reason he was there. Wasn't the he in like a time. picture with a whole bunch of cops or something? Yeah, and he left after getting caught shoplifting dog repellent and zip ties. Like, <laughs> it's like the pieces were all there. Uh, so, I don't know. I'm really obsessed with the original Night Stalker. We all know that. I won't get started again. Um, what we else should just you... have a tangent episode. <laughs> we should have a Patreon, and you can just hear us ramble about everything. We still have to have our, our Simpsons episode because, I mean, that's why a lot of this podcast started. Because you were up there with just the season 10 DVD and you would call me and talk about it. But um, this whole Apu thing, I feel like we should. That could be a good Patreon. That was wild. It was also really fascinating because it's just an example of like changing norms. Yeah. And like the problem with The Simpsons is they've been on for so long and have changed nothing that it finally caught up to them. Yeah. Right. And I'm kind of like, I keep seeing, and I'm going to hate for this, but. I keep seeing people saying, oh, you know, it's the greatest show ever. And it's like, can you be the greatest show ever if you had seven good seasons and 23 garbage seasons? Yeah, it's just... I'm just so disappointed in macaroni right now. Things don't need to go on forever. Like, that's... Like, I like Avatar The Last Airbender. And one of the things I like about it is, like, they It was had a short story. as fuck. It was like, here it is. We caught this bitch. He did. <laughs> Like, cause they had an ending in mind and they knew they were, they, they knew what they wanted the ending to be. They're like, this is not a story we're just going to be telling forever. Right. We've got three seasons. We've mapped it out. There's your story. Imagine That's another books- Patreon. What I think Netflix should pick up for the third Avatar series. I have a whole thing, but. <laughs> we got a lot of Patreonic stuff we need to start on. I just yeah. have to figure out how to use Patreon. <sighs> well, what are you reading, Danielle? Um, okay, so I think since we last spoke, I read Heartberries by Therese Marie Malahat. It's a memoir. Um, it's really interesting. It's written by, um, so she grew up on the Seabird Island Indian Reservation in the Pacific Northwest, and she, and she describes her family up, upbringing as profoundly dysfunctional. And so the whole, the whole book is interesting because it's written to her ex-boyfriend. So like, there's a lot of you, 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 but you know it's not you, the reader, it's you her ex-boyfriend and he kind of sounds like a dick and um it's really interesting because she does at one point in the book get committed oh. and oh. and it's sort of her coming like her it starts out her getting committed because of the oh, you said it was a memoir yeah it's a memoir so she gets committed. i thought you were saying committed to the guy i was gonna say but he's a jackass no she gets, you can like, see where my mind is at <laughs> she gets committed like to an institution so like they break up and like that's the sort of thing that sort of pushes her over the edge and so she willingly or uh, voluntarily commits herself to go see some therapy and it's sort of like her writing about her issues mm. and I think this is according to the memoir like she wrote it 
during this time. Interesting. And it's kind of really interesting because she sort of becomes like an unreliable narrator. Because mm. she talks about all these things she does to her boyfriend and how he's the jackass. But then you're like, well, maybe don't punch your boyfriend while he's driving. Oh. Like, <laughs> yeah. For your like, own neither, safety. Yes. Neither one of you are really good for each other. Uh. So, and so it's really interesting. She has a very lyrical style and she sort of touches on like being native and what that means and like those struggles. So it was really good. It's very literary. And so it's also very short, so it's not too overwhelming. Okay. I listened to it on audio. Do not recommend. Mm. The narrator, like, I hate bored narrators who don't, she has no passion. And it's also uh-huh. not written, it's not read by the author. Oh, I see. Yeah. So yeah. it's read by some lady. So <laughs> um, I also read Bingo Love. Um, I got, I don't know what happened. I guess, like, I tweeted Alyssa Cole, and she was like, I tweeted Alyssa Cole about her book coming out. And so I got to read A Duke by Default, which was very cute. It's the sequel to her Reluctant Royal series. It comes out the end of the month. I've already pre-ordered it, so I already had it anyway. So it's very cute. I love how much Alyssa Cole loves Scottish men. Like, she has a thing. Because this is like her Oh, third. yeah, because in what's it called? There's a Scottish family, right? Yeah, both of the heroes Malcolm. so far, Malcolm and Ewan, were Scottish. Mm. She has a one, she has a novella. It's not even a novella. It's very short. She has a short story that takes place in like medieval Scotland with a black heroine and a Scottish clan guy. Okay, Alyssa. I see. She, she loves her some Scottish men, and it's just really funny. So this one takes place in Scotland. It's the friend of the main character in A Princess in theory. Mm-hmm. And so she travels to Scotland to apprentice as a sword maker, which, you know, that's fun. And so she falls for her much older, well, he's not that much older, her older, uh, I don't want to say master, that has weird connotations considering, but she falls for the older man teaching her, so her huh. mentor. Interesting. See, mm-hmm. like, I am someone, you were talking about watching booktube earlier, I was like, I should do that. <laughs> but I'm too busy watching of people make show? swords on YouTube. Is that the... <laughs> The pop culture ones, I love that one. Is he the one who makes, like, the geeky ones? Yeah, yeah and he one. did, like, Rose's Scabbard and all this stuff, yes. Um, that and, like, Knife Reviews. If I don't know why. you told me, like, 20 years ago that some of my favorite shows, um, like, favorite forms of entertainment was, like, watching people do shit on mm-hmm. YouTube, like, put on makeup or just talk about books, I'd have been like... Right. Right. Or make, like... <laughs> Riced cauliflower. I'd be like, the fuck, Molly? You can do whatever you want on the internet and you're watching some bullshit. But you know what? I'm old now. I bought a, I bought a, um, what is it called? Devil's Ivy. And I was planting it and some, I repotted one of my succulents. I uh, went out and trimmed the hedges the other day. That makes you officially old. Right? I, on the 4th of July, I was out grilling. In my comfy shoes. I have my uh, fitted cap on. I was like, I am officially somebody's uncle. <laughs> oh, oh, or their favorite aunt. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, in, I've, after, I told you after I turned 30, like a lot of that stress, like I have different stress. Yeah. But a lot of the stress of being hip and cool went away. It's and just I'm gone. Just Somebody was talking about this something, something challenge. I was like, oh, I'm, I don't got no energy. Well, as your Cardi B story from last episode told you, right? you don't have to care anymore. You're free. I'd be like, yeah, go, get it, get it, Cardi B. Get it, teens. Get it, teens. I love it. I love, 
I love what you're doing out there. Uh, it doesn't have it. anything to do with me, with me. <laughs> but I love it. I support it. Get it, teens. Get it. We, we're here for Generation Z. I love it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then I would like to say before I move on to my next topic, Alyssa Cole has lucked out on some great covers because both of the models and both of the covers of the series have gorgeous dresses. And if the third one has a beautiful dress, I'm just going to come out and ask her, who is styling <laughs> your model? Because Why I not just these, ask her? <laughs> I want these clothes. Tweet it. I should, because they are gorgeous. Like it's this really pretty, like blue and orange African print dress and it's gorgeous. So I love it. And then you did accuse me of this at the top of the episode. And this oh. is why I didn't argue it. I watched Love, Simon on the Plane. Uh-huh. And I was like, I should read the book it's based on. Uh-huh. Which is a YA book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I read Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda. And it was cute. I will say, I think the movie was better than the book. Oh, yeah. So um, it should also be noted, the book was written by a straight woman. The movie was directed by a gay man. Oh, so. wow. Yeah. It also just has better, like, plot like the way you construct a story uh it's more well done like there's a incident you get the stakes they're clearer yeah there where it's kind of fuzzy in the book so yeah i read another ya i gave it three stars that's the highest a ya book can get on danielle's goodreads <laughs> can't get higher than a three so it got all three. Oh, and then the final thing i have uh-huh. to confess to this what well the i am reading the Shunning, which is apparently the godfather, the grandfather of Amish romances, because I want to see what the big deal is. You, I know. You started this. You started this whole thing because you didn't want to read any Amish romances. That I didn't is. even know it was a thing. It was literally when you called me and you said, "I'm thinking about doing a blog about black authors because I went to the and it only had Amish." And have you ever heard it? This, I remember, it was only two years ago. Amish romances were the inciting incident for this entire, we've come This entire endeavor. Yes. Because I remember I went to Books A Million. That location is now closed. I think the whole chain may be gone. And they had literally tables and tables of just Amish romances. You know, they're apparently called bonnet rippers. I'm so annoyed. I love (laughs) it. I love it. I'm going to look some of these up because this is not a thing that I have heard of. Like, Outside of you telling me about it once two years ago and once today. Well, because I know they'll make a romance out of anything. So I True. wasn't surprised. I was surprised by how big they were. Like, apparently they are a million dollar industry. You know and what? Like, I feel like we should read one. I mean, we might. If we do a special episode where I we're feel like, like we could a do non-black some, Yes, because author. I am so, like, I want to hear more of your thoughts about romance. And I, this <laughs> I is so, like, the reverse harems, this, the beta male like i have so many questions about this i would love to do that i would love just to talk about romance because that's probably like the genre i read the most Mm -hmm. not all but i read the most but yeah i was like i need to see like why do they have all these amish romances with no amish people in freaking st louis but they have all these black people well there are a lot aren't there a lot of um mennonites in st louis i mean i honestly don't even know they're not amish they're not Mennonite romances. <laughs> They're Amish romances. Um, I don't know. Let's see. Mennonite. I can't spell Mennonites. In Missouri. I used to um, remember they used to make fun of us at the at the farmer's market. I mean, I think there is a small 
Amish, it looks like Amish and Mennonite populations in Missouri, but it's nowhere near like what it is in Pennsylvania where yeah. all these books take place. I just remember, maybe it's more in Kansas City then, cause I re- or maybe in maybe. Kansas. Because I, I remember like just... going to the Bass Pro Shop and then like, seriously, they were like, we can drive. And they were like 11, but we were like, but you know, you don't have no buttons. And they were like, yes, but this is my pet pig. Like I, this is like a memory <laughs> this of- my pet pig. <laughs> This is a memory of my childhood arguing with the Mennonite children because, like, they could get the turkey legs and we couldn't get them. <laughs> and they jumped in the car. They could drive. We couldn't drive. Well, Mennonites, I think, can drive. No, no, no. Like, they were 11. We were 11. We were 10, 9, oh, 10, they, 11. the kids drove. Yes, because they must have been on the Kansas side because you could drive, like, a lot earlier. And, like, yeah, if they Kansas. got mad, they would just jump in the truck and drive away. And I think I do remember at some point as part of a Girl Scout trip visiting Amish country. And I yeah. know we sure as hell didn't go to Pennsylvania. Yeah. So, but I still will argue there's more black people. Well, oh, I yeah. Have, they could have had a few black romances. Oh, absolutely. Damn. Absolutely. <laughs> we didn't need to have tables and tables of Amish romances. So, yes, if you look back on our now abandoned blog, if you go back far enough, there's an entry where I write and there's a photo to back it up. Yeah. Where I just whine about how I tried to go find a book to read and there was nothing but Amish. It was it. literally the inciting incident yeah. for this podcast. And now I'm reading one because I need to see what the big deal is and I still don't get What is it called? I'm going to request it from the library. <laughs> the Shunning. It's Do you have Kindle Unlimited? No. I got like, they did some kind of like get three months for 99 cent thing and I think my deal ends soon and so that's part of it. So I was like, well, this is free on Kindle Unlimited. Let me read it. So... I refuse to pay for Kindle Unlimited. Ten dollars a month, that thing That's is not too worth much. It. For that, that's selection too of much books. for the library. Is free, right? And they don't even have a like. If they had a decent selection, then maybe, I would understand. But yeah, they no. have a shitty selection. Yeah. Um, I'm also reading another book. I'm sure I'm going to hate, and I don't know why. It's um, there's this really problematic trend of black women authors writing interracial civil war romances, where one where the woman is a former slave or a freed slave or at some point enslaved. And the guy is like a white Southerner who may or may not own a plantation. Oh, I'm no. not comfortable with it. Oh, no. So I'm like, hate reading it. I think it's called the cost of hope. <laughs> I think you might've told me about this offline. <laughs> yeah. So, or another similar one. There was a similar one I got from, I was like, I have to get this. This one's on Kindle unlimited too. So Yeah. So yeah, I but see. no, if we did, listen, I have a lot of romance opinions and if we ever just wanted to have one where Danielle just, like I a feel Valentine's like if Day what we episode, need is content, I feel like one of these like weekends, we just do a whole bunch. And when we're just talking, because we talk for about 30 minutes before and about an hour after each episode. <laughs> so yeah. So we just, you know, pick a topic and go. I have so many thoughts on romances. Do you know what Beto heroes are? You were dropping a lot of trope names. Uh, Yes. Go back and listen to um, uh, the Alyssa Cole episode because you explained to me. That's right. I did. This sounds really interesting. (sighs) Well, all right then. I think that is a super duper sized episode. To be fair, we sort of owed you. We did because we were kind of (laughs) slacking. Um, but this means I need to get on it and start editing it and not put it off because I know me. I'll be like, oh, that's two hours. <laughs> and I'll just stall. So, uh, awesome. So let's, we can wrap things up. I forgot where our little sheet is. Yeah, so um, bonus episode question. Don't forget, look on Twitter. We're going to do the um, poll for your throwback kid lit or favorite current kid lit in honor of our 
second birthday, we might have some more information about that. So, you know, <laughs> follow us on Twitter at Black Chick Lit, on Instagram at BCL Podcast, and visit us at Black Chick chicklit.com for more information on how we're going to celebrate our birthday next month Woo. <laughs> i'm gonna buy a tiny cake and just take a photo of it too um i'm gonna buy yeah, a tiny we... cake and i'm gonna eat it <laughs> Fuck this i mean keto. i was gonna eat it after i took the picture yes um if you have any questions or comments you can send them to contact at blackchicklit.com we are currently under construction working on our information for authors who maybe want to put their stuff out in front of a audience a reading audience because we have gotten inquiries and we just did not have a way to deal with it like we don't have it we didn't have cost <laughs> we didn't have anything set up so we're getting our butts in gear so if you are an author or i mean i don't know if you've made it this far if you're actually an author but author publisher you know whoever you are if you got something out there um take a look at our website and we're gonna have some we're gonna yeah. have some information for you yeah, or anything bookish you want to sell, to be perfectly honest. Um, <laughs> Shit, right? If you make sweatshirts with book quotes on them, we'll sell that too. I love so it. Don't forget to rate and review and subscribe to us on iTunes or, you know, Apple Podcasts, whatever they're going by nowadays. Um, and Google Play, whenever you do that, it helps other people find us. So yeah. we get more listeners and it gives us a lot of love. Yeah. And um, shout out to the people who um, rated us. I had a real kick. <laughs> Looking at that. I don't know why that just tickled me, like, to no end. I was like, oh, my God, people are listening to the silly shit we say. Because that's why, like, we sit here. I think that first episode, we sat there and we recorded it. We're like, no one's going to listen to this. And <laughs> right. then, like, two years later, we're still doing it, and people are listening to it. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Um, and then finally, as always, thank you to Sweet 45 for the use of our theme song, Jones In. You can find them on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com forward slash sweet 45 Woo, that's sweet like the room i realize we never said it oh not yeah sweet, like that's <laughs> sweet like candy but sweet, sweet like, like a hotel, a hotel. Yeah. so well that's it guys we got y'all a this is actually the opposite of what we thought would happen right so but you know that's how we roll here we're always surprising ourselves so. that's true <laughs> so keep reading and we'll talk to you all next time when we have our bcl chat yep Bye, Bye. guys.